I'm the kind of person where whether I'm working for somebody or working for myself, anything I'm touching or building is a representation of me. So I've always put my like heart and soul into the project that I'm working on. Hello and welcome to Building a Furniture Brand with Ethan Abramson, the show that talks about the business behind the furniture business. On this episode, I sit down with Zachary Austin, owner of the furniture company Austin Builds LLC. With 10 years of experience in the industry, Zachary is not new to the world of furniture making, but he is new to running his own company. We check in with him a year into owning his own business to learn firsthand the good and bad of what he's been going through during this first year. Having dreamt of working on his own, he now finds himself in a position to control his own destiny, and it is both a scary and exciting place to be. So follow along as we talk about trying to find your value, balancing life and work, going out on your own, and much more. So let's start the episode and hear about Zachary's journey in his own words. My first job out of college was doing restoration work. And from the restoration work where I was doing a lot of demolition and cleanup and like removing a bunch of nasty stuff, during that process, I also got into trying to build things on my own and also kind of refinish just some furniture. And uh, from there, just slowly but surely, every single piece for myself, um, I started to basically come across that I had a real passion, wanted to really pursue this and found that particularly that cabinetry was something that I really wanted to learn more about. So then I found a job in a shop, in a cabinet shop in Port Chester, New York. And from there, I slowly learned a lot. That's where I think I probably learned the most about cabinet making and woodworking was from my previous boss there. He had a lot of knowledge and he taught me a lot, you know, worked my way up and became, you know, the shop foreman basically. And then from there, I, I was torn. I left there and I was torn whether to start my own company or to go to another shop. And I decided to go ahead and try another shop out. And I was there for probably about four or five years, I think. Again, I worked my way up to being in charge of basically everything there. It was a smaller shop. So yeah, like the first place I worked at and had around like 12 people and went to my next shop. It was, we probably had, it was a smaller shop. It, at the time it was only four or five people, I think. And um, I worked my way up to basically being another shop foreman there. And it slowly kind of downsized and ended up just being me and one other guy there. You know, ended up being just me and this one guy for the last couple of years running this whole shop. It ended up going under. They decided to close their shop and I was torn really about what to do. At the time, I had just had my third child. I was torn. We just recently became a homeowner. You know, what what am I going to do? I got to find a job, but I really don't want to work for somebody else. So... I decided to really start my own company. I want to work for myself and be my own boss. I want to take it back before you started your own company and 
back even further to when you were in college and getting out of it and deciding to go into a job that you work with your hands opposed to going into a job where you work with computers or sales or something like that. Is there something that really pushed you into the idea of, I want to work with my hands. I want to have those types of skills rather than more technical or, or sales type jobs. Absolutely. I went to school for photography and, um, you know, out of, out of school, I ended up doing a couple like real estate photography jobs and it wasn't really something I really wanted to, to pursue basically. And so I ended up getting this restoration job. Like when, it, when you're dealing with the fire, water, mold damage stuff, you really kind of need to pay attention to the details. Like you need to make sure you're cleaning up really good like it, because you get all these tests that need to be done. So the amount of detail, like paying attention to details, it also made me realize like while I was doing these just little small things that I built for myself, it just showed me that like being hands-on, taking something that you made and was just something that I really definitely wanted to do. You know, I always cared about because of my photography knowledge, like learning background of like, you know, doing the design and, you know, doing drawings was also something that I really, you know, wanted to learn. But working with my hands and doing these, you know, little projects I did for myself really made me realize like, that's what I want to do. Your learning of the craft of furniture making, if this was 10 years ago, 20 years ago, 30 years ago, 100 years ago, would be the way it's done. Working at a shop, apprenticing, working your way up, learning on the job from people who have done it before. That path isn't done so much anymore. There's a lot of people who learn the art of woodworking, the art of furniture making, through videos, through tutorials, through books, taking classes. And there's nothing wrong with that. Don't get me wrong. Any way somebody wants to get into the world of furniture works for me. I'm happy to see more people building furniture, no matter how they develop their skills. But it does stand out to me because it used to be the norm. And now it's kind of an outlier. Now it's sort of different when you say, oh, I learned in a shop that is now done less than how people learn today. I just wanted to ask you how you felt about the way you learned, learning from a shop versus learning from a YouTube video or a class or learning on your own. Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, I honestly wouldn't change a thing about it. Um, learning from being at a shop, I think has given me more than I could think I could honestly learn like by watching videos. I mean, I'm definitely not against it. I think it's great that, you know, we're able to find all these different things by, you know, learning on social media, but there really is nothing better than being an apprentice and watching it be done and making your own mistakes and learning from them and just honestly seeing somebody really build this or teach you this in real life. I, I just don't think there's any better alternative to that. While you were working there, at what point did you think, 
this is something that I want to do for myself. I enjoy this enough. I think I'm good enough at this that I could go out on my own. What point did you did you feel like in your mind you made that switch to I'm not just working up the ladder at this company or looking to work my way up the ladder at future companies, I want to start my own company. I never, it, honestly, I didn't really make that switch till it kind of was made for me when I got laid off from my last job. It had always been something in my mind that I always fought over myself. You know, after a couple of years of really working in a cabinet shop and learning, it never really occurred to me, like I said, till it was, you know, decided for me. But because like I'm the kind of person where whether I'm working for somebody or working for myself, anything I'm touching or building is a representation of me. So I've always put everything, all my like heart and soul into the project that I'm working on. I did realize a couple, you know, a couple years ago while, while I was working at the last place that I had given so much into this company that it was so silly of me to not, you know, I'm putting all this work and all this care into somebody else's company and not into my own. But it was also, I've also prided myself that I represented this company. You know, I thought it was important that I, you know, when I was out in the field, you know, doing installations that, you know, dealing with the clients and whatnot. While working for this company, I thought it was very important to be a strong representation of this company. So now I look back and I definitely find like, you know, I, I don't regret it, but it's also just silly the amount of time that I've spent for other people's company. And I'm so new to this that it's something that as being on my own, that is probably one of my first priorities. You say it's silly, and I know that you're saying that, really joking around about that, you're saying it's just kind of a, a strange yeah. scenario and something that you've thought about, but going out on your own is scary. It's There's no other way to say it, and I know that you're dealing with that now and feeling that, and there's one thing to be working at a company and to say, I'm giving my all to this company, I should be doing this for myself, but it's another thing to actually do that because once you do go out on your own, which we'll talk about, it's a whole different world and you you don't know the perils of working for yourself until you do it. So I hear what you're saying about working at another place and saying, I'm giving my all here and what's this other person doing? but they are giving you a paycheck. They're giving you peace of mind. Obviously, not that much peace of mind because the shop went under, but for the time that it was happening, you could go home on the weekends. You didn't have to take all that effort that you do now. And I think that's a perfect segue into talking about what you're doing now. And you are new to this. You just finished a year of being on your own, but you've been in this business for almost 10 years, seeing other shops and working at different places and learning the building and the business side of it from other people. So after this first year, do you still feel that 
it's uh, the right move that you made by going out on your own? Or is there issues that have come up that you had no idea that they would be a part of running your own business? I, I don't regret going out on my own. I'm still definitely new. So every day is still a challenge, you know, figuring it out. The one part that I think that, you know, is something that I guess with being on my own that I'm still really, you know, hesitant and that makes me want to kind of almost go back to wanting to get a job is it's really hard to do the estimating and figuring out the costs for these projects. Like I'm currently on like Thumbtack and that's been really tough for me just because like I get these, you know, job leads and it's hard for me to do an estimate. You know, a lot of, I'm so used to working off drawings, you know, you get a set of drawings and like you can, or at least some type of idea. And right now, a lot of times it's just people have this thought in their head, you know, with no example of, you know, really what they want. So you have this whole design process that you have to do, which I am by no means a designer, you know, so that's like a whole another learning curve for me. Um, But I'm spending all this time doing drawings because I can't really feel like I can't come up with a correct estimate without really having something to go off of. So I think with that, that's been the number one issue with starting a business and keeping me motivated, I guess, with that. Let's look ahead. Let's look ahead to your two-year anniversary of this. And you're doing this still, and you're still moving forward, and you're still being successful and getting more and more clients and getting a better understanding of how you want your business to run. Looking forward, what are some things that you want to put in place that either you saw working at the other shops you were at, or you see on the horizon, that's where you need this to go. What are some things that you think at your two year anniversary, you need to have in place to continue to have this business running properly? So I think right now, I think one of my biggest struggles with my business is it's hard for me to have my next job lined up. I definitely need to find a way to speed up my process. Those two are the number one things that I definitely have to find improvement on. Building my jobs faster and being able to have my next job lined up. In two years, I'm hoping to have more than just a couple jobs lined up and you know, back to back would be great. But it's also tough with being just a one-man show. And that's honestly, that's how I want to keep it. You know, working in these shops, and I've worked in two shops that, I mean, I wouldn't say have, you know, failed, but that's where I saw the issues. Having employees, you know, that's that seems like something I really do not want to take up on. You know, I don't want to have to deal with paying the wages for these guys. That was something when I started this company that I knew I wanted, like, wanted to just be a one-man show, you know, and just have maybe a helper here and there if I needed it. And being a one-person shop, if that's the choice that you're making, that's a choice that a lot of people make, and that's a way to have a sustainable business. But you also have to take into account that you do smaller amounts of work. You can't be as fast as a 15-person shop. There's limitations that you have. Do you have plans to invest in 
any technology to help you out to go faster or to outsource some of the projects that you're doing? Or are you thinking that you're going to be a slow furniture company and that's just who you are and who you want to be and you're going to charge according to that? I mean, I definitely don't want to be a slow um, furniture company. Sorry, slow, not in a derogatory way. Slow as in there are some people who make beautiful, expensive furniture that they take six months to build one piece. And that is their business plan. So slow, not as in not meeting deadlines. Slow as in yeah, slow cooking and it's letting it yeah work its way through and that's the process that you do it in i think it depends on the job like especially now with where my business is now the people who want you know something nice but not top of the line you know and then there's also the clients out there that you know want top of the line and i think that's where there's i think there's a fine line there that you need to be able to separate not really quality of work, but more of the extra details, you know, come into play. This is all learning curve. Like I went from a big shop to working in my small garage. Now, this isn't where I want to stay. I would definitely like to expand my shop. And the way that I estimate my jobs now is that I'm still used to how long it takes me to build something in a, in a shop you know, big shop condition. So, you know, the time that I think it takes me is still set in those, you know, situations. So I need to somehow be able to still, you know, repeat that in a way, which I know I'm not at all, but I need to be able to do it in most efficiently way as possible. So like, you know, I'm right from the start, I feel like I've already invested in some um, machinery to really, improve my process. You bring up a great point about pricing and the pricing difference between a big shop and a small shop and somebody who has been doing it one way for so long and then has to pivot. And you're still thinking in terms of this is how long it takes for six people to build a project when it's just you. And that mental switchover is just as important as being able to build it by yourself, because if you're pricing it well below the time that it takes, then it doesn't matter how well you can build it, you're not going to be getting a sustainable amount of money for each project. How are you reteaching yourself how long it takes to build a project based on just you as the person building it now? It's been challenging and I have done, definitely been trying to keep track of my hours. It's been tough because I'm I work from home um, in my garage I have three little kids and because I'm home there always seems to be stops and starts so I'm basically working all the time now I mean for the most part I, I almost don't get most of my work done until like around midnight <laughs> I work until like midnight mostly is when uh, you know once the kids are asleep and that's when um, I get most of my like real work and focus in. So it's been tough to keep track of my hours. Balancing family and a job, especially working at home, especially with little kids, especially with three little kids, and there's no other way to say it, it must be a challenge because a full-time furniture company, you need to give 
all of your time and all of your effort and everything into that to help that grow. But you also need to give all your time and all your effort into helping your kids grow and helping them day to day. So that balance of family and work life comes into play tremendously. You're saying you don't finish work until 12 o'clock at night and you're you're balancing that. But where do you see as this keeps going that middle ground of being able to run a business and also be a family man? That's a that, that's a very tough question. And to like answer that, I mean this past year it's been extremely hard, but I've also been able to attend more things with my family than I have in the past. Just because I, you know, even working at a shop, you know, you, you have your full days, but half the time you end up putting more hours in. But now, because I stop and start, it's actually been extremely nice with the family. Now I'm working, you know, I'm up really late and my kids don't like to sleep. So I'm also up really early. So, I mean, it's, you know, physically been challenging, but I've been able to do more things with my family. So that's been honestly one of the best things that has happened since I've went out on my own is being able to basically, okay, I'm done right now. I'm going to go spend some time with the family and I'll come back in an hour and, you know, start it again. And it's something, yeah, I still definitely got to balance better, but the best thing about being out on my own. You're relatively new to this, but you also have been in this for about a decade. So you have both sides of that business as a, a new person starting it, but also having seen a business that has been running for a long time with a lot of people that is established. So from your perspective, for somebody who's starting out just like you, but also for a company that's been going for a long time, but doesn't feel like they're getting to where they want to be, what type of advice could you share with those people out there listening that you've either learned on your own or you've been taught? Ooh, that's a tough question. <laughs> I Every single place I worked at, I think there was always um, underestimating the, the the job. The biggest thing I think that always got underestimated was the installation. Almost every single job, things would not go as smoothly with installation. So what I've learned is that if you take the time and if you make sure that things are done right from the start, like it all starts with the plans. You work off the right plans, and whether you're a small shop or a big shop, if you give them a, a set of plans, they're going to follow your plans. It, it all starts right there that things can go wrong. So even with a small company or one-man show like me, I think, number one, preparation. Like if you follow any of my social media, I had done this big desk you know, for an office, but I decided to you know, make a giant template. You know, some people might think that's overkill, a little crazy, but taking that time by building this template that fits perfectly, I was able to build my whole entire countertop with the miter and everything where it made installation go like cake. And honestly, it made the stress of trying to build it in the shop go even smoother. 
any advice I have to give, even though I'm new, that is just something that I've learned down the line that preparation and taking your time to make sure you like there's that fine line of feeling rushed, keeping a good pace, but making sure that you are also taking the time to be paying attention to the extreme details. Make sure that your project, your build, your furniture is going as smoothly as possible. Now, accidents obviously happen, but anytime you make an accident, you, you make a mistake, that's time and money that you got to make up on. So preparation is key. That's great advice for somebody who's just starting out or for somebody who's been doing this for an entire career, being prepared for the project and knowing what you're going into beforehand makes the project go as smooth as it can. It never goes perfectly, but the smoother you can make it go, the better. And I appreciate you sharing that. I appreciate you sharing the rest of your advice. And I'm looking forward to seeing where you take this company and wishing you nothing but success moving forward in your business. Well, thank you. I really appreciate it. It's been an honor. Thank you so much for listening to the show. If you liked what you heard and you got value out of it, please think about leaving a review and subscribing wherever you listen. To learn more about the series, please visit buildingafurniturebrand.com and feel free to reach out anytime with questions or guest suggestions to hello at buildingafurniturebrand.com. You can find me at The Build with Ethan on Instagram. Hope you enjoyed the show and can't wait to bring you the next one.